Welcome to Loose Screws. I am Ty Worsham, and with you this evening, we are bringing you an episode. We're doing something a little bit different tonight. Um, one of my listeners, a guy by the name of Justin, is going to be joining us, and I recorded an interview with him, and we just kind of talked and chatted about things, and uh, might turn this into something we do regular, might be bringing more people in. We'll just kind of see how it goes. So with me today, I have a listener by the name of Justin. And Justin's been listening to me since, I guess, my first episode. And um, he is, uh, we kind of became friends on Twitch. And um, he has, he, he plays bass. And he's a very talented individual. And uh, I wanted to get him on here, just kind of talk to him about things. And um, as I get more uh, listeners and get more people to communicate with me, I will probably be bringing in more people to have interviews like this. How's it going today, Justin? Doing great about yourself, man. Oh, pretty good. So, how long have you been playing Elite? Um, well, I started off at the beginning. Uh, I believe it was shortly after the release on Steam. Uh, I played for about between 50 and 75 hours and then took a long break. And started playing other games and things like that. But uh, within the past month or two, I've recently come back and been experiencing all the updates. Like, there's a lot going on now. Yeah. What made you want to come back? Like, what was the thing that hooked you back in? Uh, well, one of the guys I typically play with has started, he picked up on streaming on it again. So we all hopped back in and, you know, he taught us how to avoid open mind. And uh, after just seeing all the updates and then kind of like coming to understand more of the game mechanics kind of helped a lot with it because like at first it was one of those things where it was like the game felt kind of shallow even though it wasn't it's just it's overwhelming with the amount of things you can do yeah have you um so so i guess your commander was advanced far enough to where you didn't really get to take advantage of like the new commander stuff they put in the last patch Uh, not at the point in time like it's literally one of those things where uh i just hopped back in and started going gotcha did um have you have you heard about the September update and everything they're doing in that with like new commanders and stuff? I haven't heard about the new commander stuff, but I've heard about the new tutorials and the arcs. Yeah, yeah. Basically, if you start a new commander there, you're going to be roped into all these tutorials and stuff. You know, it kind of handholds you through the first stuff I've read. It's about the first maybe hour, or two hours, basically. So they kind of I mean, walk you through stuff. So I feel like that'll be a great help because. Uh... You know, first starting out, there was there was so much to learn. Like, I didn't even know how to take off from a dock when I first started playing. Now, yeah. I have gone back since these updates and since I started back and played through it all to kind of get used to the HOTAS again. But I feel like them making you go through that will be a big help to new players. I was going to ask you, so you actually do use a HOTAS? Yes, I do. What do you use? Um, some... It's a Thrustmaster. It's the same model that I had originally when I started playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, after going through some things, I got rid of my original one because I've moved locations quite a few times. Gotcha. But um, this is the Hotas. It's a PlayStation 4 Hotas built for uh, Ace Combat, believe it or not. Oh, I think I'm familiar but, with it. It's like the Thrustmaster 
X50 or something like that? Something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, but all I had to do was download drivers. I mean, it's the same stick setup that I had for my PC, but they've, you know, since they've released the one specifically for Elite Dangerous, like, I didn't have the money at the point in time to buy that, but it's just like, I'm not playing Elite without a Hotos. Yeah. Once you go Hotos, you never go back. You know, it's funny. I, I wish Cody was on here because Cody plays with a mouse and keyboard. And I gave him a Hotos. I gave him a SciTech X52 because now I'm on an X56. And nice. I gave him that. I gave him that X52. I saved it quite a while for his X56. But anyway, I gave him the X52, and it's collecting dust right now. <laughs> He's using Cody. a mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Cody, if you come back and listen to this episode, dude, use that Hotos. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried. I've tried. Um, you won't go back. Um. So you play with a group of friends, right? Do you play like yes. in your own private group, or you just play in open, or? Uh, we play in a private group typically because uh, we don't. We're one of those groups of people that doesn't really like being annoyed by random interdictions from players. Right. Like most games, we kind of play in that similar manner. Yeah, that's that's exactly how we feel. We we all kind of play. I got my own group, my own player group that we play in, and every now and then we'll kind of you know spin off and play in open a little bit if we're kind of out in the bubble or something, or we don't feel like that we're going to get ganked doing something or. I've actually participated in a couple of um, like community races where people get together and they race their oh, dude, canyons awesome. and stuff. And I played it open then, but vast majority I play in playing private because it's I don't I, I don't like to get ganked. Well, I think the biggest thing for us is we just don't want to run into those min max players who have like engineered the crap out of their ships because we're not super focused on doing that right now. Like. Right. The group we play with, I play with, typically we hop on and it's just like, okay, what do I want to do today? Yeah, I'm I'm in a position right now where like, <laughs> I have all the engineers unlocked. I've I've done all the things. I'm sitting on like 1,500 hours or something like that. So very I, nice. Um, I haven't even started on engineering, so we're complete opposite ends of the spectrum here. Yeah, well, see, you have to understand when I whenever I get into a game, like I just dive head first and just like consume as much of it as I can as quick as I can. So I do that with everything in my life, though. So it's probably I mean, I'm kind of the same way, but I, I guess I'm affected by burnout more than you. Maybe. <laughs> um, so I'm going to kind of go over one one little piece of news we have out of FDev. And because uh, they've been very um, open about things here lately and just telling us everything. <laughs> but the one piece of news we have cut this week is that uh, one of their community uh, managers is actually leaving Frontier. Uh, his name is Brett C. And um, he's it looks like he's going to another company. He's been with the company since, uh, I believe, since like 2006 or something like that. He started with Roller Coaster Tycoon 3. Um, I think it was in 2015 he got put on to the uh, Elite Dangerous forums as the community manager and um, I don't think I see him like I don't think he's one of the one of the faces as far as like um, on their uh, pot on their broadcast or anything I think that he's kind of in the background a little bit because uh, is Will is the one that's primarily up front right um, well, I don't know about any of that because I don't spend too much time on the right, forums, but right. from what I have heard, he actually started out as a volunteer mod and then FDev hired him on. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but yeah, apparently he, he really took care of the forums and a lot of people really liked him. 
he actually unlocked my forum account when it got hacked about a year and a half ago. So, well, the there one. you go. I mean, but FDEB is known for their customer support. So there's yeah, that. yeah. The few times I've had to interact with them, they've been great. So it's better. I mean, than... that's all I've ever heard. I've never had to personally interact with them, but you know, it's always sad to hear somebody leaving, especially yeah. if they're loved by the community. Yeah, I I feel like he's um, moving on to greener pastures. It's it's kind of a weird thing because like um, I think it was just a few months ago that uh, Frontier became uh, Britain's largest gaming developer. Oh, I did not know that. So um, I mean they're kind of sitting around like Activision and EA right now or Nintendo even you know they're as far as I mean America versus uh, Britain. Um, Man, of course, it's nuts to hear. I know. <laughs> um, this is the company that you know. Just a few, just a few years ago, all they made was the roller coaster tycoons. You know, the, five, six years ago, that's all they made. So, yeah, I've heard about some of the, like the tycoon games they have. Didn't they make that Jurassic World game? They did. Have you played that? I have not. It is a great mix of wonderful and abysmal. um there's some i'm I'm getting off topic here but there's some things about that game that i really love to begin with i love dinosaurs so getting to actually make a t-rex and do the things is wonderful the problem is after you buy the game you have to go buy uh dlc to be able to get the things to be able to make the t-rex and i'm exaggerating a little bit but I mean, that doesn't seem like FDev because with Elite, they really haven't done anything like that. I know, which is kind of worries me a little bit going into like this Arcs, uh, uh, the the Arcs uh, currency yeah, they're creating. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, have they had any sort of? I mean, I know they stream their updates regularly. I don't typically get the chance to catch it, but have they streamed anything about the Arcs yet? So we actually had a little uh, Q&A. There wasn't anything streamed. It was just something on the forums that they answered about ARCs. They specifically cited ARCs will not be something that will give you an advantage in the game. It will strictly be cosmetics. You can't use it to purchase ships. You can't use it to purchase modules or anything like that. It's strictly just for that. So I feel like they're going to do us right. I really do. Yeah, I, I... I mean, they haven't real like I've never seen anything in any sort of media about them having controversy with this. So, I mean, that sounds good. I mean, as long as I keep it that way. And I mean, I've heard with ARCs, you can purchase like individual cosmetics versus a whole pack. Yeah. Yeah. That's... And I'm pretty sure I've heard you mention on a previous episode about how you want a specific nameplate, but you don't want to buy the whole pack. Yeah, that's exactly right. I don't want to pay the six bucks or whatever it is for the little pirate nameplate I want. So. <laughs> I mean, that's a good, that sounds like it'd be a good update if they just, if they do it right and implement it right. I mean, I don't see how they're going to go wrong with it. We'll see the, the, the thing that worries me is kind of thing that worries me with like, cause we've kind of seen this path with like other video game developers. Like they do real good. Everybody loves them. They're doing things for the community. And then the accountants, you know, they get big enough to where the accountants step in and take over like, Hey, we can make more money if we just started charging blah, 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 you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Activision, <laughs> Blizzard, and I, Blizzard's dear to my heart, but that's what's happening over there. What has yeah, happened I over there? A Blizzard game in so long, like I can't comment on that. Like I used to buy chests for Overwatch, so I'm not going to sit here and deny it. But yeah, they've done stuff like that. The sad thing about Overwatch, did you see it's coming to the Switch? I did not. Yeah. 
It's coming to the Switch. It must be coming, I think, in November or something like that. So, anyway. Yeah, it's like every every game company's trying to make me pull the trigger on buying a Switch because I've wanted one for so long. Yeah. Well, the Switch, I have a Switch, and I really like it. I'm kind of, I'll just tell you right now, if, if FDev releases Elite on the Switch, I'll probably pick it up because I like, really like the idea of having Switch in my pocket, or having Elite in my pocket. Oh, God. If, if FDev were to release Elite on the Switch, like, because Splatoon 2 is really the game right now that's pulling me towards getting one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever played the original one, but uh, I used to stream a bunch of it. And uh, but if like it's just like I'm not gonna buy it for one game, but if Elite, if Elite comes to the Switch, that might be the game that pulls the trigger. Right. Yeah. That um, what got it for me was Zelda. I'm a big Zelda fan. Like I'm going back to the original Zelda. Uh, man, I, I'm a huge Zelda fan, and Breath of the Wild was a really, it's 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 my it's my favorite Zelda of all time. They did a great job with that game. But, okay, because like I'm a huge Zelda fan as well. Uh, one of my favorite games being Ocarina of Time. See, I I, I think that's the age gap because like up until this one, it was a link to the past. But a link to the past was so good. I know, I know. <laughs> like that's that's a hard argument to make, but it's just like I like I don't know. It's just one or two games isn't enough for me to pull the trigger on a system. Yeah, see, right now you got the Mario Odyssey, you got the Link's Awakening, you got. Breath of the Wild, you got Breath of the Wild 2, which is they're working on. We know they're working on a, a, a Metroid Prime. You got uh, uh, Smash Brothers. You got the Donkey Kong game, which was a port from the Wii U, but I didn't have a Wii U. So um, you got that uh, Yoshi game, which looks a little weird, but I mean, it's a Yoshi game. So how bad can it be? Uh, there was another game I was thinking of. I can't remember what it is now. Even I'm trying to remember like major titles for the Switch right now. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. There's 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 no, there was enough there for me to get it. I, I got it for Zelda. And now it's like I'm starting to sit around and go, oh, this this is on the Switch. Yeah, I might pick that up. Oh, this is on the Switch. I might pick that up. So it's like that's the thing. You bought it for one game, and now it's just kind of collecting dust. Yeah, sorta. That's why it's like give me give me give me two or three good titles. I mean, it's Nintendo. I'm not gonna sit here and say I don't like Nintendo. Like I grew up with Nintendo. Right. Nintendo makes great games. Right. But I need more than just a handful of titles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. Have you... Um, I assume you've been reading about fleet carriers and stuff, right? Uh, yes, I've heard quite a bit of information about it and what's you know, your, different opinions on it and, and things like that. What's your whole take on it? Let's hear it. Um, well, I mean, I like the idea of an individual being able to carry all of their ships to a system with them. Cause I can't tell you how many times I've been in one system and been like, Oh, well this is systems at war. How far away is my combat ship? And then I look, it's 20 jumps away because I didn't want to pay the credits to transfer it. And I'm like, well, there's that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then by the time I get back, it's super late at night. I go to bed, get up the next day and forgot what I was doing the night before. <laughs> what, um... But, um, I mean, I think they're a good idea. It's just how they implement it and what they do with it. And, and, and how, like, for me, it's like, because I play in private play, so it's not like it's going to be that major big of an issue, but it's just like, how are they going to work in open play? Yeah. Is my biggest question, because it's just like, if somebody parks a fleet carrier in a certain terminal or a certain system, and I remember you guys talking about it orbiting like a moon or something like that, it's just like, if somebody goes there and your fleet carrier's there, 
messing up their missions when they're just trying to, you know, farm kills or whatever, like that's going to be a big effect. I kind of assume that they're going to have enough. Um, so I, I kind of think about how it's going to work with like, um, cause you, I think about the mega ships that are currently in the game, like the Gnosis and God, I've got to look at the name of that other one. it's just the third freaking week i can't think of the name of it. i remember like hearing you say that and thinking to myself let's look it up for him but i totally have to do that i just hopped in the late when i got home today um but yeah so the the, there's there's i I think there's a total of three mega ships in the game right now and uh but those are the two i can think of total right now but like with the gnosis like i've actually been on the gnosis when it's done a jump like i landed there the week before and you you know, I landed there the day before, and then, you know, a few days later, or, you know, the next day after the tick, the server tick, you wake up and you're 500 light years away or 300 light years, whatever the distance was, and it's kind of neat. But there wasn't much to it. But there's certain places like that thing can go. Like, you can't go into, like, into like the orbit of a Hazrez or something, you know. It can't go into yeah. – it can't go into places where you're going to have to worry about um, really interfering with things. But what I do worry about is stuff like, like originally I was worried about it, like getting destroyed. Like, can someone destroy it? No one can, no one can destroy it. Yeah, like, because they're indestructible. Right, right. Uh, but apparently it's going to have guns on it. So my thought was, well, could I park this somewhere and then go lure some pirates to it or something, you know? Um, and then just fly close enough to it to where it can just obliterate them. Like, could I fly around like a little hauler with a crap ton of void opals in it and lures some pirates in there just for fun. And do I get the credit for the kill if that happens? How does that work? That is a very good point to bring up. I didn't even think about that. Um, like, my whole thing is because it's like, all right, you have uh, support ships with it, right? Right. Like, uh, how, like, do those support ships travel away from it or do they stay around it? We don't exactly know. We know that they're going to be near it uh, while they're doing the support role, but... We don't know if it's going to cost more fuel to jump them as well as a fleet carrier. We don't know if uh, it's just one pool you have to jump from. We don't know of a situation where they'll participate in anything. We don't know if, like, they'll show up and then leave. We don't know. Well, I can tell you one thing. I saw this uh, post on Reddit the other night where somebody had actually talked to uh, FDEV mm-hmm. support. And uh, they had blurred out the picture, but when you clicked on it, they were talking to FDEV and... Uh, the support person did t- did say that's like while well, we can't tell you the price because we haven't streamed anything about it. Twenty billion credits is m- far more than enough. Yeah, I, I was going <laughs> to ask you like, what do you think it'll be like? I think on my last podcast I told you what I what I thought it was what what I thought they were going to cost. Which three hundred? You said what thirty four billion or something like that? Three point three four billion was okay. The, so that that's within the twenty billion far more credit range. Yep. Um, um, I mean, you had a really good like data breakdown of that. Now I've seen estimates range from like just a billion to over five billion. So honestly, it's kind of hard to tell at this point because. It's, you know, but your breakdown of it was, I, I felt was very good. I felt like it was a very good estimate. And with Void Opals being as profitable as they can be, mm-hmm. it, I feel like if a person, you know, spends enough time out there grinding the Void Opals, they like, that's, that's really obtainable within a couple of days of casual gameplay. Yeah. Now, have you, have you actually done any, uh, Pinite mining yet? 
I have not done painite mining. Um, I've only done void opal mining or low temperature diamonds, but with low temperature diamonds, it's not the laser mining. It's because I find an asteroid in an opal field and just blow it up. Right. Yeah, the, um, there's, there's, I've read a bunch of different forum posts. I watched a couple of videos on it. Cody is actually really good at, um, being able to get, uh, paynot mined out really good. Like he's, he's, he's actually can, can get more credits per hour than what I can void opal mining. Um, even though each paynot is worth less, it's, it's about volume there not about the individual, um, mm-hmm. But I've I've done I, I spent a week doing it versus doing the void void opal and I can tell you it's about even. Uh, I think um, it really boils down to which one you prefer to do. Well, what I was gonna say is uh, if you have the right ship, because uh, one of the guys I actually play with, he does paint eye mining, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he does it in a Type Nine. Okay. But one of his one of his collector limpet things sends out like 10 limpets at a time to collect. <laughs> so it's just a constant stream of things coming in versus, you know, three or four limpets at a time because that's all you can afford. Right. And, uh, apparently if you do it in like a double overlap, that's where the money comes into play. And then you can find a lot of those like painite asteroids within the same cluster. And then you just do that. And yeah. that's how, like you said, it becomes more of a volume versus price per thing. Right. Um, I haven't personally done it. I can't comment on this, but I mean, both of them are profitable. So I feel like within a few hours of either, you're going to be able to afford a fleet carrier if you really want one and have the right ship. I think you're exactly right. I think you're. I think you're hitting the nail on the head there. I think it just. I think it's one of those things where. Um, I think they. I think months ago when they put in uh void opal they had the they went into this with the idea of well once you can get a ship to the point where you can do void opals then that might lead you to where you can do pain uh, and then that might lead you to where you might want to look into getting a fleet carrier and i think that i think that's i think i think they did all this with the mindset uh like when they first released void opals i thought they're about to release some shit that's going to be <laughs> Uh, expensive because money's never been this aside from like you know bugged out Robigo runs or killing the skimmer you know uh, I got a skimmer story to tell you in a minute but oh hell yeah <laughs> uh, I don't even know what a skimmer story is but here we go well there so so before uh, Robigo runs there was these things called skimmer missions and what these skimmers were you know there you know you've been like a like a at a base or whatever or like the little drones will fly around and they shoot you like on the, when you're on your SRV. You ever seen those? Uh, no, I have not. I've only been in an SRV once. Ah, okay. Well, these, if you ever, um, there's, there's missions you can take and you have to get into a, into an SRV and then you pull up to a base and you got to scan certain points inside the base and then you get skimmed. Then, um, you get, you do the mission. Well, there's a, Another mission called where you can now these don't exist anymore to my knowledge, but you can go and the mission is to kill the skimmers at the base. And what you could do back when you could board hop, uh, where you like going open and then like you're on a mission board, you go and open and you flip over to you know private group and you flip over to solo and you flip back around until you just have like 
you know, however many missions you can carry, 25 missions, I think, hmm. of all of these skimmer missions. And they would pay out, you know, one or two million credits apiece. And you'd have to, like, kill, like, maybe a total of 20 skimmers or whatever. So what you did is you flew to wherever you had to go to kill these skimmers, whatever base you had to go kill these skimmers at, and you would just fly, like, a fighter. Like, you wouldn't even get in your SRV. You would just fly a fighter or just fly your big ship and just stand over and just, like, murder these poor little skimmers. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I'll just say the story. So it, it, one of my buddy Cody is this guy. He actually doesn't even play no more uh, that I was playing with. And he... Um, he was doing, I was helping him do these skimmer missions and he's in an SRV trying to actually do the other part of the mission where you scan the data points and I'm in a freaking, um, Corvette. <laughs> I'm in the freaking federal Corvette and I'm just like destroyed, just decimating these skimmers. Those skimmers didn't stand a chance. Not even, no, no. So he's up there and like, or he's down there and I'm, I'm like scooting like the, the front of the, the the bow of the, the Corvette is like scraping the ground as I like move forward, trying to just, <laughs> you know, get an angle on these skimmers. Cause they're hard to target. You know, it sounds weird, but like you can't just target them. You have to actually just eyeball them. And you know, I use gimbaled weapons a lot because I'm not that good, but you see what I'm saying? So I'm having to, you know, dead eye these things. I mean, and if I, you're not targeting them, like selecting them through your target reticle, then I mean, it's, it's pretty much just like fixed firing. Right. And, and the thing is, they will bug out every now and then to where you can. Nah. But most of the time, you can't just target them. You have to actually just fix fire them. So I'm trying to bullseye them. And then, like, he's down there trying to scan this stuff. And as I'm scooting along, the bow of my ship's scraping. And I don't see him. And I, I, I kind of roll over to my left to adjust. And I just hear him go, you just blew me up. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I had rolled over on top of him and just like smushed him like a whale on a seal or something. <laughs> Maybe next time you'll bring a smaller ship. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was after that. I started using the, uh, 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 Oh, the ship. I still got the Python to do it. So no, but, uh, speaking of like gimbaled and fixed and all that. Cause like, I know, like I'm a gimbaled user as well for PVE stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't do any PVP. So, I'm not necessarily worried about DPS, but uh, just a little cheat. If you're ever PVEing and the NPC, you're fighting chaps, Mm because a lot of people have an issue with that, and they're like, oh, I don't want to wait. Just untarget them and follow their ship. You're firing fixed weapons. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, that's what I do all the time. (laughs) (laughs) This is is right after... Right now, I'm actually pretty good with some fixed weapons. I can... um... For a while there, I forced myself to use particle accelerators on my on my Corvette because I wanted to get good. I got to get good. <laughs> got to get good. And um, I was doing my best to where I could just like bullseye and shoot and learn how to actually shoot with them. Anyway, so uh, yeah, that's rough. Like, but if you can get it down, like more power to you. Yeah, I I got I got pretty good with it. I'm not gonna say I got great with it. But I got pretty good with it. I was having a good time. And then um, I got my buddy Cody playing, and I, I went back to just turrets and gimbals. Um, like, so, so like, Monday this week, today, you know, Monday this week, I, I went and bought a, a, a Type 10. I never mm-hmm. had a Type 10 before. But I, I watched the pilot video about the Type 10. I was like, oh, got to go get me a Type 10. So I went and got a tight 10 and then I put turrets all over the thing cause it turns like a stuck pig and it's, 
it's not my vet. <laughs> <laughs> well, can we take like a time out real quick during this conversation and give a shout out to the pilot because every one of his videos makes me want to buy every one of those ships. He is an asshole for that. <laughs> <laughs> he does really good ship reviews. He really does. He made me want to buy like what did I buy? I bought what was that other ship I bought that I never even considered? Um I'm having a hard time remember. I can, um, I gotta go pull a pilot now so I can remember which one it was. <laughs> I want to say, I want to say it was the hauler I went and bought. Yeah, dude, his hauler video made me consider it. And it's not. Oh no, no, no it was the Phantom. It was when I finally oh, the crate Phantom. Yeah, it was the crate yeah, Phantom. Yeah, I considered getting one of those for exploration too until he released the DBX video. So, so I, my wallpaper right now is me and Cody at Sagittarius A in crate Phantoms. But up nice. until then, my explorer ship was an anaconda. Like, you know, an explorer conda is what it was. And I hate the anaconda. <laughs> I now, hate okay, it. hold on. That's that's one of those opinions I don't hear very often. Usually everybody loves the anaconda. Okay, you're going to talk to Cody one day, and he's going to tell you he loves the anaconda. That's his ship. And he's right. He's a turret guy. I'm not. Um, I... I like to maneuver. I like to get in firing position. I like to be Top Gun Maverick. Get behind, shoot the missiles. Iceman, here I come. I like to do so those things. Me and you kind of equal up on that then because my favorite ships are like medium combat ships. See, I, I, I'm of the minority here. I don't like medium ships. I don't. So you like the small ones? Nope. I like, I like my vet. I like large ships in this game. I know that's ah, crazy. You just want a pure combat ship. I do. That's why... I, when I got the vet, like I, I flew an anaconda for so long, probably about a year in this game. But when I finally got all the rep to where I could get my vet, and I went and bought this thing, and I sold the anaconda so I could do it. It, it was like a glove, dude. I love the vet, the veteran. So you 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 found your ship. Yep, I love I love everything about it. I love the hard points. I love the, I don't like the two small hard points. I really wish they were two medium or at least one more medium. Or something. I don't like that. The good thing about the con or the vet, which I've I've seen posts on this, is you can it's it's a combat ship, but you can use it to do a lot of different things. Unless you are going to go exploring, then yeah, you want to go with Explorer Conda. Well, I've actually took my vet exploring. Ooh. Uh, I actually earned. Um, well, I, I discovered my first Earth-like world in in in, a, in my vet. I discovered oh, my first black hole in a vet. I mean, that just goes to show you, even though a ship has a specific type, you can use any ship for anything if you really want to. And it was a combat. Like, I, I took it as is, like like 30 light year combat vet. Oh, wow, dude. And, so you were hard up on exploring then. Well, see, and the, the reason why I did this, did this because, okay, if, 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 I take a, like, if I take a Phantom and it's a 60 light year jump range... I'm missing things. And if you notice, a lot of the stars in this game are actually positioned out to where they're about 20, 30 light years apart. Typically one jump for most ships. Right, right. So, you know, there's plenty of exceptions, but it's, it's almost like they did that on purpose, even though I know the whole Galactic Forge and the tech behind it is actually fairly scientifically accurate from the crap I've read about it. But um, when I was doing this i decided I'm, I'm looking 
so before this, when I took out my uh, Asp Explorer, I was keeping a track of the... I wasn't really trying to discover anything, but I was keeping a track of what I was discovering. Mm-hmm. And as I was going through things, and I come back, and I was like, you know, the only thing I don't have is an Earth-like world. So I decided to take the vet out with the idea of smaller jump range, percentage goes up to discover an Earth-like world. And now I'm up to like, I think I got 11 Earth-like worlds discovered now, and like seven of them are, were, were discovered by the uh, vet. Dude, that's like awesome to hear. And well, I agree with that point, it's like, because uh, I was talking with one of my buddies who's been on like, a, I want to say at least a three month long excursion into like the, the outer rings, the black, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was like, like, I was just like, so how do you do this? Da, da, da. Do you just jump or like, do you go for the closest? Or he's like, dude, it doesn't matter what you do. Just do it. Yep. This I'm thing. like, so that makes sense. It's just like, you know, if you get to that point to where it's just like, all right, this is the last station I'm going to hit past this point, then transfer your ship there. And then if you have a smaller jump range, you're going to technically hit more stars just depending on how much time you spend. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, man, I, I, this is one of the things I'm really excited about doing with these fleet carriers is like, I can't wait to get my fleet carrier out in the middle of nowhere with all of my ships on it. And it's like, Oh, I think I want to take this ship and go over here and just basically kind of work in a bubble around my fleet carrier and just kind of explore around it. And then after a few days, move the fleet carrier and then do the same thing again. You actually gave me the idea to do that or it's just like, just park your fleet carrier and like, do all the stars around it within one jump of it, then do all the stars within a two round jump of it. Then, you know, yep. things like that. Like you, this podcast was the podcast that gave me the idea to do that. And I really like that idea. Oh man. I appreciate that. And man, you know, I, I talked to my buddy Cody, he's going to be doing that. And man, like, I hope that, I hope that we can all kind of work together and like, Hey, I'm going to do this part. Cause here, the flip side of this is like when I took my crate phantom out, like I set it up for like a long range trip. Well, the cool thing about this is that you can actually re-engineer it or re-equip it a little bit to where, like, I had a chaff launcher on there. Why would you have a chaff launcher, Ty? Well, you have a chaff launcher <laughs> in case you come across, like, one of these LaGrange clouds with, like, alien life in it. And you can actually launch chaff at it, and some of the alien life will actually respond to it. Hmm. So I wanted to I see. I did that either. Yeah. So I wanted to see how that would react, how that would work. And so I took a chaff launcher. Well, guess what? That takes off about two light or about a one and a half light years off your jump range. And, huh. you know, I, uh, I took a, a, a auto field maintenance r- repair kit. Well, guess what? You don't need to do that no more because your fleet carrier is going to be within two or three jumps back to your, where you can go repair. Um, well, it's like the, uh, the, uh, Diamondback Explorer that I just built today. I've got the, uh, the auto field repair, and I've also got repaired limpets because you can synthesize limpets. Yeah. Just in case, like you know, what if your what if your repair unit gets damaged? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, but yeah. I don't have any of the uh, I don't have any of the materials to synthesize, it, so I need to do some planet landings and mine some iron and nickel. <laughs> you can actually go equip a uh, oh, that's something else too. So you can actually go and equip a mining tool, like a mining laser. Yeah. You go into like a rock asteroid field. And just stand in front of a rock and just shoot it. And you, every now and then you'll get iron off of it. You can get Ooh. iron, phosphorus, nickel, 
That's actually where I was able to max out my nickel, by the way. Nice. Uh, I did that doing uh, paint-out mining. Because while I was mining paint-out, hey, guess what? Hat drops. Iron, nickel, phosphorus, stuff like that. So. Yeah, because I have uh, absolutely no materials on any of my ships. <laughs> yeah, and there's something else. Uh, the only mining I've done is core mining. <laughs> See, that's something else, too. Like, when I was... When I was first exploring, like I didn't, I, you know, just like you, I didn't have any sort of materials. So, uh, you know, I got damaged or I had to reload the AFM. Because what's going to happen is when you're out exploring, you're gonna you're gonna have the moment where you jump in between two or three stars, and you're gonna overheat and you're gonna get damaged, which is not a big deal. But after the fourth or fifth time you, that happens, you're gonna start having modules malfunction because your modules are gonna be like at seventy percent jump or seventy percent integrity and stuff like that. So you're gonna have to Use the AFM to repair it. Well, how do you recharge the AFM? Well, you got to have materials to do that. Well, how do you get materials? You land on a planet, but you can't rebuild SRVs, by the way, which is dumb. Yep. You can't rebuild SRVs. You can refuel them. You can rearm them, but you can't, and you can repair them, but you can't, if you get one destroyed, you can't go get another one. You can't make another you're one. Just, I mean, you're just atmospheric immediately in your ship, and it's just like, well, here we go. Yep. So what you, so... What you can do is, is get you a mining laser. This is why I put one on the crate, you know, uh, or the crate phantom is get you a mining laser and you can go into the rock and instead of using, instead of risking your SRV, you can actually just find you an asteroid and just mine up some, mine up some materials that way. Now that you've said that, I think the Diamondback's about to get at least one mining laser. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but see, the problem is it takes off some of your jump range. But with a fleet carrier, hey, guess what? You don't have to worry about that no more because... You know, you have a repair station nearby. And I mean, you could explore with any ship you want to. Yep. That's the thing about it. If you want to go out and Type 10 with like a five-year jump range, guess what? Yeah, your stars are going to be limited, but, but, you know, the ones that are within five light years, hey, you got it. Yeah. yeah I, I'm going to tell you right now, like I have, a, I have the Rift VR headset. Man, mm -hmm. the, like I really like how the corvette bridge looks it looks it looks like a bridge but the way that the canopy is on the type 10 and the way you just kind of look down and you're just like look at all of this mess it's like it's like being in an asp and you know look around it's just it's amazing uh, that being said i have with a corvette is actually multi-crewing <sighs> yeah. yeah i love my vet man <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't want to want to turn to the vet love show, but there's just something about it, and I can't really put my finger on it. And you know, I know on paper the uh, Anaconda has a better DPS, and uh, I, I get all that, but the flexibility of the uh, Corvette that I've been able to put into the modules, with the fact that I use nothing but gimbal weapons now on it. Um, and it, I, I'm I'm deadly in it. Like I can I can destroy NPCs with it. With a little bit of PvP I've done with it, uh, I'm not gonna say I'm great at it, but I've been able to kill people PvP. So, uh, you know, I'm, I like my I like my vet. You like your vet. That's all that matters. Well, it's like with me. I like I like my Mamba right now. The Mamba feels like the ship for me. Yeah, that's and fine. A lot of people tell me like go with a fertile lance. It turns better and da da da. But I don't know. Just I, I like for me. During combat, the reason why I love the Mamba is because the Mamba has a really good just straight line speed. Yeah. 
I have a bad habit about overcommitting on attacks that I shouldn't. Yep. And then once I realize that, it's like I need to dip out. <laughs> and the Mamba allows me to just dip out. Yep. I just hit that boost a few a few times, and suddenly I'm out of range of weapons, and I just keep going. And what's your boost speed on that? About four hundred. Um, four twenty-seven. With, because uh, it's fully kitted out with A-rated weapons and stuff like that right now. I'm pretty sure I could get it better once I get into engineering, but. I said, when you start engineering that, man, you're gonna have, you're gonna probably have like 550 out of that. You get some dirty drives, dirty tuning on that, dirty drag yeah. drives. Woo. I mean, I might think. I mean, from, <laughs> from everything I've like read, it's like the three fastest ships. First would be the Viper MK3. If you strip that thing down and engineer it correctly, that is a ship that will just whip. Second would be the Imperial Eagle. Yep. And then third is the Mamba. Yep. It's just like, you know what? I'm okay with it because I actually do combat in a Viper a lot of the times too. Uh, it's just a little more susceptible to damage. <laughs> you know what? But I love, my Vi- I, I love my Viper because I bought the Irish flag skin for it. Nice. Nice. And uh, also green boost or orange boost green lasers to kind of like match the Irish theme. <laughs> so when I take oh, that thing God. out, it's ready to fight. But then it's just like any like anything bigger than it is, it's hard to take down right now because I don't have any engineering. Ugh, man, freaking Cody, he's got those green lasers, and they look <laughs> ugly as hell. Now I use purple lasers, but <laughs> that's, there's a different Maybe. reason behind that. So, but ugh, purple green lasers are killing me. <laughs> um. Man, you know, it's funny. The Mamba is one of the few ships I've never purchased. Uh, like, I've never owned an Asp Scout. I think that was one of the worst ships ever made. I've never yeah, owned... I've, I would never buy one of those. <laughs> I've never owned a Viper Mark IV or a Cobra Mark IV. Never owned them. I've never owned a Diamondback Scout. Um, I've never owned an Imperial Courier. Um, but yeah, the Mamba... Is one of the few ships that I've looked at. And I thought, man, I, number one, I really like how it looks. It's one of the better looking ships in the game. Number two, the cockpit. So that is, the, to my knowledge, that is the only cockpit that has animated displays inside of it. And you know, going back to VR, I would love to see what that looks like in VR. In fact, what oh, we might man. do one night, I might have to hop in in multi crew with you one night and take a look at that, man. Well, I don't know if you would see what I see because uh, the multi-crew ship actually sits behind the uh, the pilot ship, the pilot seat. Oh, this is the ship that has like the pit in the back, doesn't it? Like a, uh, it looks like a Norelco Razor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the yeah, that's, yeah. Well, I mean the cockpit with the way that the what's the right way to put it? It's got like the okay, so like you get the pilot seat in the front middle. But then, mm-hmm. like the passenger, the the secondary seat is like behind it. But when you look down from there, there's like a maintenance pit down there. I couldn't tell you because I can't turn around far enough to see that with a out of VR headset. <laughs> well, look, there's a YouTube video. Uh, have you ever watched uh, the YouTube video from the mechanic? I have not. So he has. I don't know how the hell he does it, but he will maneuver his VR headset around to where he can actually look inside panels and see the gears for lack of a better term he can actually look underneath consoles and stuff with it i guess he takes his headset off and does it i don't know how he does it but um but he actually got down into the maintenance uh bay of the um of the uh mamba and just showing all the stuff inside of it 
and it's it's there's actually a door down there i believe that's partially open if i remember correctly like it's like held open by a wrench or something it's kind of cool looking hmm. Uh, let me see if I can look that up real quick. I'm going to have to check that out. That sounds really interesting because it's just like, I want to know what the inside of my Mamba like completely looks like. Like it's, I love that shit. Yeah. It's a, it's a trip, man. Um, yeah. Mechanic man is his name and I'm going to link it in chat here for you. And there you go. Enjoy, sir, because he does a really. And he, he has a whole series on, on him. I, I have. I'm subscribed to him. He has a whole series where he uh, walks around all the different ships. He's got a good one on the crate phantom. He's got. I think he's got a good one on the. Um, no, it's good one on the crate. I think he's done the crate phantom. Uh, I'm waiting for him to do the vet. I haven't seen him do the vet yet. Oh uh, man, like with the. Uh, what do you think about the speculation of us getting space legs within the next like major update, like expansion pack? So. Uh, <clears throat> this kind of ties into something else I was, I was wanting to talk about tonight. Um, so, you know, the, the leak, there was a leak from this guy who supposedly works at FDev, and he's been 100% right on everything that he's predicted so far. And in there, he mentioned space legs. And it's coming in 2020. That's the big update. I think that's what we're looking at. I think that's uh, SpaceX is what we're looking at. I have really mixed feelings on this. Because, um, man, I, I have my, I have game, you know, I, I, I have my Modern Warfare. I have, uh, I've, I've played PUBG, you know. I, I have my shooters, you know. Um, I have my front, my first person shooters where I go play. I have the games where I go and shoot people. I don't know if I want it in my space game. I don't think they're going to add shooting to it, though. I think it's just one of those things where, like, you're going to have to, like, if you're plotting a route, like, you get out of your pilot's chair. Because let's face it, like, being in the pilot's chair all the time and managing 10,000 menus kind of sucks. Right. Like, it's one of those things where it's... But for me, like, it's going to make some things more complicated. Yeah. Because, like, you know, if you have to get up out of your captain's... I don't think anything, like, while you're piloting and doing a... Hyper hyperdrive stuff. You're gonna you're gonna have to worry about any of that. That's gonna be off in the pilot seat. But it's just like, if you're in a station, like you're gonna have to go to another panel to change this or go to another panel to change that. But I think it'd be really awesome just for the appearance of the fact that because ships in this game are so big, you never get to truly realize the scale of it because you're always in the in the seat. Yeah, you're combined to your chair, and it's just like I think it'll be awesome to be able to get up and walk through your ship and see what your ship like completely looks like. So, I'm going to read you, uh, I just linked it in the chat, I'm going to read you what he says here, it's called Elite Dangerous Project Watson. Space legs, haven't seen any mention of atmospheric landings, FPS style gameplay, Thargoids in the flesh, base building, coming end of 2020, Thargoids look very Starship Trooper, don't expect to see much between now and then, the focus is on keeping Elite making money on the meantime. Uh... The FPS style gameplay is what worries me. Um, and there's there's also, I don't know if you saw this, but there's also the Thargoid. Um, so, so some, excuse me, someone apparently data mined the 3D model out of one of the updates to Elite of the Thargoid. And it's a very rough looking Thargoid, but it's, what else can it be? And it has like four legs and four arms and it looks kind of spider-ish and... 
you know, it, we've never seen anything like this. But if you go back to the original game manual of Elite, there's like a rough sketch of what one in there. And, uh, oh, man, they just... I, I don't know if this is what I want out of my space game. You know, this is my space flight simulator. Yeah, and, I can I can agree with that because, like, this is a space flight. Like, I don't want to play a first-person shooter while I'm trying to fly a ship. But, you know, going back to what you said as far as, like, getting up and doing things on your ship, walking around your ship, getting a feel for how big things are, I love that. I'm all about that. Like, well, let's, I mean, let's do that. Something like that would also make uh, multi-crew have more meaning because oh. it's just like if you don't have turreted weapons on your ship, then what does multi-crew really mean right now? Nothing. Well, besides a fighter, you know? Yeah. So, like, it's one of those things where it's just like if you do multi-crew, then you could have, you know, one of your pilots could be on, like, a navigation panel. Another one of your pilots could be on the weapons panel while you're piloting your ship, you know? Yeah. Um, but... Hearing, like, FPS-style gameplay, like, ugh. Yeah, I'm iffy on that, too. Now, we say all this, but let's also go back for just a minute. Let's talk about, you know, FDev, and they have a really good track history of... of it's a little... I've kind of a love-hate relationship with them, because I feel like they do things really good but there's a few things that they just do really bad like a good example of things they do really bad is power play uh the whole power play thing is like one of the most broken things in the game right now and I've, i need to do a whole episode about power play and how broken it is but it's it's bad like you know that where you go and join one of the factions you know and you do all that stuff yeah. it's bad it's really bad um, in fact i need to I need to do a whole episode on that because I can do a whole episode on that and talk about my whole journey through there and realize that when I got done with it, it was like one of the worst experiences of my life in yeah, gaming no, life. So what I'm really doing it right now is to unlock uh, prismatics, the modules. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Yeah, and see, see, that's that's actually part of the problem. But I don't want to get a whole thing with that. But you know, then you got stuff like you know, FDev the stuff they do good is like, hey, look what they. You know, all the stuff that's in game right now is like really done good, and and if they were to put in something that would be FPS, where you can walk around your ship, like if it's something optional, like you can walk around your ship and do like you know, like you can fix this thing or improve that thing or make this thing better, or if something gets broke, you can actually get out a little, a little um, uh, EVA and kind of weld your ship back together. I'm all about that. Let's do it. I'm all. Oh let's my do it. god, that would remind me so much of Firefly. Like, yeah. Oh, you're. This is broken, and you have to get out of your seat and go in the back and fix. It. Oh my god. Yep. Yep. I'm. That's I'm, a nostalgia hit right there. I'm all about that, but having to run around a base or a planet and shoot thargoids. Eesh, I, I, just. I'd rather it be just my ship versus your ship at yep, that point. Yep. Um. Yeah. I just don't know. If, I don't. I don't. Mm. Unless... Don't try to make this game more than what it needs to be. This game is a space flight simulator. Part of space flight is managing your ship at different panels. Yep. There's no need to introduce any sort of first-person shooter gameplay. And, you know, and I, I have No Man's Sky, and I played No Man's Sky at launch, and it was awful. And um, I've, I've, I've dipped my toe back in it every now and then just to try it out. 
And this last update they did to it, they did a really good job with it. Um, but it's still not what I want. And I don't know if you've played it or not, but they... I, I have. I have I've not, have not dipped my toe back into it. I played it for a good bit at launch. And I'm not going to say I got bored with it, but it was just one of those things where it's like... You know, it, it was a very relaxing, chill game. Yep. And... There's just, I mean, yes, there wasn't a lot to do, but it's like I've heard they've had a, like base building and things like that. And it's like I could care less about building a base if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. They, um, you know, in the, this, I mean, let, let's be honest about what fleet carriers are. Fleet carriers are they're a base, is what they are. Mm-hmm. So, but and, you don't have to take all this time gathering materials to build it up, like. Right. And, well, you know, something that they mentioned here in that leak was base building. But that's all they said was base building. So we don't really know what, what that means. Part of me is just kind of like, hey, you know, if I could have, like, if I could have, like, a little plot of land that uh, would kind of mine for me. And then every now and then I picked up, like, a load of uh, painite or void opals and then went and sold them. Like, did that a couple times a week kind of deal. Hey, you know, that might be something I might be interested in doing. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to do that because there's not a whole lot that's persistent within this game. I know. We're about to get and a whole lot that is persistent with these uh, fleet carriers. Yep. And uh, going back to the price point conversation about that, like, I've also seen a lot of arguments that it's not going to be super expensive because they don't want to lock out the majority of their player base from it. Right. But I don't know if I can agree with that argument. It's like, yeah, they might not want to, but if you look at the base game when it first came out, I mean, looking at an Anaconda, you were looking at a lot of work. I can remember, like, my first couple of weeks looking at the Anaconda and just like, it's going to take me six years to just to get there. <laughs> exactly, like I... but now we have Void Opals. Like, yeah. You can mine Void Opals for four hours and you can buy the base Anaconda if you want to. Yeah. Yeah, I just I wish I had a better idea where they were gonna go with a few things. And the worst part is they're not really talking a whole lot. They're they're being very tight lipped about things. Um, you know, Gamescom is the most information we've had in about six months from them. Um, so, uh, in the, you know, the thing is, if if you read through this um, this uh, supposed leak here, um. You know, if you, if you go down the list of stuff that, that, that they announced, all of this stuff is, aside from one thing, he's been right about everything here. And there's there's two things in this list here. Like, he talks about Planet Zoo, which was never even heard of it until, you know, uh, Jurassic World Evolution 2. Tracks around, talks about the Jurassic World Evolution game, because he put this out before we even knew that was a thing. And then he talks about... Um, uh, the expansion to Jurassic World Evolution. We didn't even know mm -hmm. that was going to happen. Uh, apparently they're working on a new Planet Coaster, Planet, Clo Planet Coaster 2, that hasn't been announced yet. But everything on this list, he's been spot on. The only thing he was wrong on was just the months that they were released. He was a couple months off on that, which that could have changed because of scheduling, you know? Um, so I, I, I kind of feel like this this leak is accurate. Mm, I mean, 
Only time will tell, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, flip side of that is that, you know, um, I think some of these companies will leak a little, will purposely leak a little bit of information to kind of gauge community feedback off that. And then adjust accordingly. Exactly. Like I've heard about that a bunch. Exactly. So I, I think it's possible they release this out there and they just go, well, how are people feeling about FPS combat? Do they like that idea? Do they not like it? Do they like base building? Are we on the right path? Do we need to adjust? So, you know, um, maybe maybe the maybe that'll adjust people around a little bit. Well, I mean, even if you look at games like No Man's Sky, like that game has become the success it is after being one of the most horrible failures during that year because they listen to community feedback and if they couldn't come up with a legitimate reason on why they shouldn't add something then they added it yeah and then you look at a game like anthem who i don't i don't think that game will ever be good so well it's i i, I played it at a launch i thought i was going to enjoy it more than i did but yeah i'm like mm, there's so much potential with that game now, i kind of feel about ea is just not allowing bioware to do what they need to do is what i feel like uh, Bioware has been gutted. They might as well not even be called Bioware anymore. Ever since uh, the two founders, the I can't think of their names right now. Um, ever since the two founders left, that that game has been gutted. It's been horrible. Uh, or that company's been gutted. And you look at the timing of that. Ever since I believe it's Dragon Age. So Dragon Age One was excellent. Oh yeah, Dragon Drag Age Two is even pretty decent. It was different, and I was I'm I don't think it I don't think of it negatively like a lot of people do because they were trying to do something different, and you got to give them well, credit. Well, they for made that. the combat a lot more visceral. In exactly, it. exactly. But then everything after that, it's been bad. Yeah, and I mean I even look at games like Mass Effect and Mass Effect Two. Like I I loved Mass Effect Two more in the first game. Agreed. But then right after that, that's when EA purchased some of Mass Effect 3. Yeah. While still good, just like it didn't have the qualities that made it as great as Mass Effect 2 was. Because Mass Effect 2 was, oh. Yeah. And Mass Effect 3 was, it wasn't bad. It just, it felt like it jumped the shark. It really, it honestly felt like they were going one direction. And then at some point in development, they're like, because that, that was about when EA bought them. They're mm -hmm. like, oh, we got to do this. And it, I don't know, it just felt really weird there toward the end. And that might have been just perception, because I know they don't work on games sequentially, so it might have been just perception, I don't know. But uh, I mean, if I'm being honest with you, I feel like EA should kind of take the model that Disney's taken with acquiring different companies, because Disney, you know, they acquired Marvel. Yep. But then they said, all right, you're just making us money. You guys keep doing what you do. And I don't feel like EA does that. I feel like EA is just on that money rush where they're like, "Get this game out now." Yeah, they. I mean, we can do a we can do a whole episode about freaking EA, man. But they they, <laughs> do, they do some really bad things, and um, well, they've already shut down like eight or nine companies. So yeah, and I I think that um, so everything I've kind of read about um, Andromeda, like Mass Effect Andromeda, followed up with. Um, uh, Anthem. Anthem was pretty much Bioware's kind of like last chance to be good in EA's eyes, and if they didn't do good at that, they were they were effectively going to shut down the the studio. And that's I, what I heard. I kind of get the uh, they haven't said that that's what they're going to do yet, but I think that's what they're I think that's what they're I, I, I think they're doing it. 
is a good way to put it. They've already kind of, you know, they had Bioware, then they had, oh, was it Bioware Edmonton, like that little splinter uh, development? I have no idea. I'd never heard anything about that. Yeah, they they, they kind of splintered the development team into two different teams, and one was in one was in one part of Canada, one was in another part. I, I think it was Bioware Edmonton, Bioware Vancouver is what I, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So when they and then one I think it was Bioware Vancouver has been shut down like they don't exist anymore. And then now Bioware Edmonton is like I think at one point they had like 500 employees and I think last time I've read anything about them they were down to like 150 or something. Oh good lord, that's so never it's, a good sign. Yeah, it's it's and these supposedly these are the people that worked on Anthem, and so you have to think about it like it's a matter of time. I think they're trying to milk whatever they can from Anthem money wise, and then they're just going to close the they're just going to close it out. Man, that 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 hurts to hear because Bioware made some great games, man. They did, they really did. Like, I remember the first Dragon Age. I remember the first and second Mass Effect, and not even uh, Knights of the Old Republic, like the RPG on like the Xbox yep. way back in the early two thousands. Those were great games. Yep. And you just know, hearing this, it it hurts my heart to be honest with you. And. and you know, to be honest with you, that's why I'm kind of excited about. You know, um, I, I've I really like CD Projekt Red and what they what they did with the Witcher series, and C, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 looks amazing. Uh, there's a few things about it that look a little weird, but uh, I have every confidence in the team working on it, uh, or every confidence in the team working on it. I think they're going to do great. Um, then I look at it, uh, this company called Larian that makes the Divinity. Uh, the Divinity Original Sin series. And they just got the license for Baldur's Gate 3. And oh, snap. Yeah. When that game comes out, there will be like, like I, I will probably take vacation from work. I will just sit at <laughs> home. Because I, I played the hell out of Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. Um, I, can't, I didn't get my first computer until 2005. I have done like a halfway playthrough of Baldur's Gate. Yeah. But I can tell you that... And I have played the remakes of Divinity Original, or I have played Divinity Original Sin. Yep. And, oh my god, like, so good. Yeah. Have you played Original Sin 2 yet? I have not. Original Sin 2 really knocks it out of the park, man. Really knocks it out of the park. It's really well done. And, um, anyway, it did a great job. But we have approached the hour, and I'm trying to keep these podcasts underneath an hour. So, um, is there anything you want to plug before we head out of here, man? I mean, I'd like to, I guess, plug my Twitch channel. That's uh, twitch.tv slash Dravenos. Okay. Uh, I'd also like to give a shout-out to the guys I typically play with, Team DSB. So, what's up, Sante, Ben, AJ, ODK, and Silas? Uh... Other than that, I mean, just shout out to FDev. Thank you for making Elite Dangerous. Like, it's such a good game, and I really hope the things you're going to come out with are going to be great. Yeah, I hear you there. Um, anybody who's listening, if you guys have questions for us, uh, you can email me at um, loose screws questions at gmail.com. And I am also at Twitch or Twitter. I'm not at Twitch yet. I can't, just, I can't get behind Twitch yet. But I'm also at Twitter at Tyrvol, uh, T-Y-R-V-O-L. Um, please, you know, if you have any questions, comments, hit us up. 
And uh, Justin, man, I appreciate you joining me this evening. And uh, well, thank maybe, you for having me. Tom. Maybe we can turn this into something we do every week. I mean, I'm down if you're down, and if you know you get plenty of positive feedback and people enjoy us talking, then hell, let's do it, man. I hear you. Well, that's going to do it for Loose Screws, guys. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you next time.